Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan. Welcome once again to Armagh Eyes Sports Podcast, The Eye and the Ball. This is your host, Elaine Ingram. In this week's episode, I spoke to Mid-Ulster Football League Chairman Sean O'Neill, who's also a member of the IFA Appeals Committee. It's been a turbulent week for, for him. The Irish Cup is due to be played uh, on Monday, and player suspensions have come to the fore, with appeals being denied by, by the committee and then subsequently being taken to arbitration. So, so as Sean says, it's a tough job, but somebody has to do it. In terms of football itself, since I spoke to him, Sean has confirmed that football is ready to get back. There are hopes for the 22nd of August for Intermediate A, and all other leagues are set to begin on September the 5th. This, of course, is dependent on the ore numbers staying low. So I had plenty to talk about with Sean, about the, the perils and the joys of his job, and just why he stayed involved in football for such a long time. I also spoke to Drummond team manager John Kennedy on Friday night after his side's 1-8-0-10 victory over Armagh Harps. That makes it two wins from two for Drummond team, and unfortunately for Harps, that's two defeats in a row. Anyway, John was naturally happy with the result, but wasn't overly impressed by the performance, as we'll hear from him in a while. But right now, let's hear from Sean O'Neill. Hello, Sean. Very nice to meet you. I'd shake your hand, only I can't. Uh, nice to meet you, Elaine. Um, similar, yeah, we can do the elbow bump, but that's the height of it. <laughs> so you have uh, what I would consider to have a, a, to be a very unenviable position at the moment um, as chairman of Mid-Ulster. I mean, you must have an awful lot of headaches at the moment in terms of what's going on with football. <sighs> well, I mean, it's been a traumatic uh, period, you know, for everyone, not just football, but it's certainly a impacted heavily on um, the end of the season and um, you know this this pandemic is, is just turmoil for everyone or has been but um, you know we coped we, 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 we um, obviously as a, a league committee we kept abreast of all the um, updates from the government and the public health authority and the IFA so you know, um, and, that, and that's the way we've been managing it. Probably the same as every other league in the country. So um, I wouldn't say the Middlesters any worse off or better off in, in terms of how COVID impacted. You know, you were one of the first ones to um, leagues to to call off the games, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. How how did you come to that decision? Or- really, we'd been tracking uh, the 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 pan- uh, early days of the pandemic, and you know. Um, that week in particular, which would have been um, the last games we played competitively, I think, were the 7th of March. So all through that week, we've been monitoring um, the situation and, you know, all walks of life were starting to um, set up and really um, 
you know, the, the idea of lockdown and, you know, uh, everybody sort of self-protecting and isolating, you know, that just really gathered strong momentum. And we took the decision just uh, after one or two incidents came came to, to light. Um, Were they in, regarding uh, players having Regarding contact? players, yeah. Players in our league had, had, had contact and were getting tested. So we took the decision just, you know, for public safety uh, and, and reasons, you know. Um, yeah, that was, that was just sort of... We, it was something we felt we, we had to do, um, you know, for no other reason than to, um, you know, do our bit, uh, yeah. do, the, do the responsible thing. I think. This must be the strangest season you've ever experienced in your career. I mean, how long have you been with Ulster? Uh, gosh, 20 um, I couldn't even tell you. The first year I joined the committee now, but I uh, can't remember that far back. And But I played, you know, lo, lo, um, locally in Lurgan there. I played for uh, a good number of years, you know, from sort of 18 or whatever. And just drifted I, th- I felt i wanted to continue um doing something i was i was doing club administration you know secretary and management and then i felt no i'll give a wee bit more back to the game so i'll join the Middlestar league um and that i did as a club rep and had many good long years there and uh, yeah i just worked my way into uh, an official um position and um you know what it's like um, anyone that wants to be German, you know, take one step forward and suddenly everybody moves two steps backwards. So, yeah, so you're thrust into it. And How long have you been chairman? Uh, I've been chair since 2011. And there's been some tough decisions you've had to make in those years. Yeah. This probably must be the toughest, though. It's the toughest. There's no doubt about that. This has sort of well-trumped everything. And... Um, yeah, football just, you know, it was pushed aside by this thing. It just, you know, rolled over everything, didn't it? And um, But clubs, our, our clubs have been great, to be honest with you. They've been very understanding of the whole situation and back to the league committee. I mean, I, I might sit as chair, but I have um, a number of um, friends. Uh, I was going to say colleagues, but they're not, they're, they're good friends and um on on the committee you know approaching approaching 20 but we're we're all buddies we all know each other all down through the years and you know we all thoroughly respect each other i think is the bottom line and um you know it's a good thing that's that's one of the shiny lights i think in northern ireland uh, northern ireland football you know they're there are so many people with them um, from from all sides of the community, um, but they get they get out there, they mix, you know, they they warmly welcome, you know, each other's teams and clubs every Saturday or whatever, and you know what, it's it's one of the most amazing things, you know. Yeah, it really is. Like football is so unifying, and especially like for mm. like, for young women as well, but mainly for young men. Yeah. And from both sides of the community and all walks of life, and especially now, I mean, I know there's been a lot of momentum with the um, Black Lives Matter, and I know that the IFA have come out and yes. in support of that. And the Middlestar, I, I, 
how have you been dealing with that situation, or do you find that that, that, that is any an issue in in football? To be fair, in um, in Mid Ulster, we we don't. Um, um, you know, it's obviously we've been shut down. There's been no real um, football activity uh, in terms of Black Lives Matter movement, and but of course we're behind it. And, and um, I mean, we we don't really. Um, have a problem with any of those sort of discriminatory areas, you know, be it sectarianism or race or colour, whatever. But um, it is a good platform for mm. getting, you know, ideas out there. And, and I well, suppose it is. And there's, uh, to be fair, you know, the football authorities from the IFA town, we have, you know, pretty no tolerance for, for any discrimination. And uh, the, the clubs out there, by and large, they 100% respect it and um, do you know what it's about sport and it's about camaraderie and it's about um, you know all those positive things in, in life it's not it's not about yeah. you know those negative it is it's unifying yes 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 it is so um, you know we, we, we're um, we're a broad broad church you know um, we, we take clubs from a huge geographical area I don't know if you've done much research on where the teams are yeah you have teams how uh, many teams are there in, in, uh, in Australia you know, Emma, yeah it fluctuates two. it fluctuates we've got um, we've got we'll see at this season the incoming season we should have uh, 27 intermediate teams uh, I'm trying to think now yeah um, we've three juniors junior sections um there's about 12 or 14 teams in each and then there's the reserve championship which is also junior per se and four reserve divisions with sort of 10 to 12 teams in each of those so um it fluctuates that's roughly the composition about 12 teams and we have two and four six and four ten ten divisions so that's a lot. 120 teams, maybe. Yeah, that's a lot of responsibility. That. A yeah. lot of work. It is, and, and it isn't, because, you know, as I say, you know, there's just, there's a team there that's been in post for a long time and a committee. Um, we've, you know, we work really well together. We've had appointments. Paul, Paul Suckling does the fixtures. Yeah. Um, We've uh, taken on Stephen McGill. He's our, our league uh, honorary secretary, registration secretary. And those guys know those rules backwards, you know. And then you have myself um, and Morris Johnson, vice chair, and Colin McCulloch, he's treasurer. And again, we've us three have been in post for a long, long time. And so there's stability and continuity, you know. So we're, we always, we had this ambition to build up I suppose a decent um, uh, buffer of, of cash within the league if, if we could you know we're not not for profit organization but we, we always be prepared for the uh, the rainy day you know so well, we have <laughs> it has indeed but um, uh, Noah's Ark this is the, we, the the thing is you've got to be prepared uh, so we take we have so contingencies you were in a good position before this happened. As a league, yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things we will, we're doing actually is is um, reducing league fees for next season because we think that's a very important gesture 
Um, a lot of people aren't working, and a lot of exactly. people can't afford, yeah. And clubs have taken a mighty hit in terms of their revenue streams, exactly, yeah. and sponsorship, and you know, it's just the whole knock-on effect. It's it's snowballing. There are teams gone by the wayside, you know. Yeah, there are, and uh, it's difficult, not just financially, but as I say, the sort of community-based clubs. You know, um, we we tend to rely upon them and you know the local community organizations and businesses to yeah, support us grassroots it's yeah you're you, you know the formula we can't survive without their input yeah as us as a club person i'm speaking now but as a league we also i mean we're not there to collect and build a pot of money it, it will it's always be redistributed going. redistributed yes keep keeping it going but as we need that for um, for, for things to bubble up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> In terms of now the way you have to finish up the mathematical um, formula formula yeah. by the, the teams <laughs> that won, I'm sure, I know the clubs were involved in deciding this, they were, they which were. was a good thing that you, you know, yeah. had, they had an input in it. But at yeah. the same time, it suited some clubs more than other, more than other clubs. Yeah. I, I said at the time, there's no right way, there's no wrong way, but, um, you know, uh, above all, we we try and be fair and equitable for all of our member clubs, and yeah, we did consult with them. Um, now, we, I know we, Market Hill Swifts. Now they mm-hmm, were um, mm-hmm. they had they had two games in hand and they were second in the league and they, right. they finished second. Now I know they're being promoted. Yes. So yes. up to um, intermediate A, but yes. still, it must be a bit tough on teams like that. Yeah, I mean, what, what? I suppose that's the way it is. Isn't it? It's just, I don't know that you know. We we were particularly um, concerned that we we, we didn't um, you know un, uh, put unfairly treat any team. So yeah. that was another and you have thinking. No, no relegation. Is it, is One of the much? things we did was have no relegation. Yeah, but we wanted. We were of a mindset that the glass is half full, and therefore that's why uh, collectively the committee decided we we, we want to um, promote and reward. Sorry, reward by promotion where feasible. So, so how does that work now? If there's no relegation and there is promotion. How does that work in terms of um, numbers? Numbers are offset this season, this incoming season. There will be, um, for example, a lot, very large number in Intermediate A, 16 teams, um, and uh, 11 in Intermediate B. But we can re- we can rebalance things over the next season. Yeah, we'll take, a, yeah, we'll take yeah. a few seasons and we can do that. Now, you have a few t- new teams in. I mean, I know you mm. have Bestbrook United. Bestbrook have come in, yes. And who else have you got? You've got. Um, We've got. Let me think. Learning Celtic. Yes, Learning Celtic. And Riverdale, I believe. And Riverdale. And, and, and they're the all going into Division 3. Yeah, we, we have five new, new entries this year. Those three, as you say, we are. Um, you know, old friends, um, maybe not so old in the case of uh, Bestburg and Lurgan Celtic. Riverdale popped out for a few years to sort of reconstitute, um, reconsolidate or consolidate their, their club, looking uh, more towards the youth and building from that base. But Lurgan Celtic, as you know, you know their story. Um, they they're doing the same as at, at the moment. They're they're hoping just to um, you know. Get the club um, on a good strong footing and, and progress from there. Um, Bestbrook United are, are, are um, synonymous with success. You know the the current being 
has been very, very rich for them. They yeah. do well in the um, Mid-Ulster Shield and ultimately in the uh, national competition, the Junior Cup. Um, everyone knows them and knows they'll be a very strong addition. Well, that's the thing. A lot of teams, they mm. would have played them anyway, you know, in the Mid-Ulster Shield. And Maybe got spanked by them too. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we... Um, and then we've got a couple of teams there, brand new teams. One's called Mindwell FC. Um, so they're coming out of... Where are they based from? They are based on... Um, um, let's see, they're... They, they have a strong ethos, which is about um, a healthy mind, you know. Um, so And they're linking into mental health charities, so... And they're just a group of ex-footballers, you know, some of them Irish League and some of them even above that. And they're coming together as fr- as friends to, uh, you know, to, to try and do a lot of charity work That's as well as playing football. That's you know? good. There's been a lot of that now during mm. the lockdown. Mm. I see, like, Clubs it really been amazing. is. It's been amazing for, yeah, yeah for, for teams coming together and coming out for things like mental health. Yes. And you see yes. so much on Facebook and on social media platforms about teams getting together and their players, you know, doing different things for charity. And mm, mm. It's, a, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic thing. I, I, I'm always, always totally amazed at the, uh, the goodwill that's out there in our clubs to help, to reach out and help. I mean, uh, you just don't have to ask, you know, and I'm talking about from the Irish League Premier, Premier League right, uh, Premiership right down, you know, they, 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 um, I mean, take take the COVID thing. I mean, straight away there were a number of teams that were out there doing uh, food food parcels, and yeah. you know, I mean, just really the um, connect uh, joining all the dots there. I don't know um, what the stra- the government strategy was there, but these guys were just doing it independently. What That's whatever the spirit, I suppose. it is, it was terrific, and I mean, even some of our clubs did did. Uh, fundraising as well for for example for the nhs um staff frontline staff uh, and indeed we did a, a, something as a as a league as well to contribute and i mean there's clubs in the, in, in, the, in the middle start contributed a couple of thousand pounds you know yeah. on their own two feet you know we did likewise as a league uh, i think we raised two and a half thousand just a, a, a um, very quick campaign just to say you know Let's let's do our best here, and uh, it's it's tremendous. You, you really couldn't commend some of the people involved in our football clubs any any higher. I, I have admiration for them and respect, and and I'm not just saying that, but they they do that without being asked to do it. And what about coming back now? Mm, ten, a group of ten, a maximum. Maximum ten. group of ten. Yeah, I think that's right. And maybe. then, and then, um, competitive football starts again. The How's exact that? shape of that. Work? Well, yeah. this this is what we're asking. I mean, there's a commitment now in the Premiership to get the Irish Cup. Um, Niffle, um, I, I've I've done some good great work there, and and then and the four teams that remain, um, they're going for it on the twenty seventh of July. Uh, I mean. Look, we, we, we had got to the stage ourselves where we had a number of cup finals lined up yeah. um, the following weekend and beyond that. You know, March, April, early May, we, we just rattled through all of our divisional cup finals. And as I say, there's 10 divisions, so um, you'll find us out most Friday nights and maybe Thursday nights, Saturday mornings at a cup final, organising it. And, um 
So they wrote, they wrote, they deferred, delayed. What are the, the guidelines, the okay. rules? They're the same as, as um, you know, as for the general public. You know, we've got to take all precautions in terms of our uh, personal hygiene and sanitizing. Um, and that's not just the individual, that's the equipment. You know, it's, uh, you've got to, um, separation is the key thing, social distancing, uh, two meter um, current social distancing parameter. You've got your, uh, I don't know, you've got to actually record any, any training sessions that you have, who was there. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, you've got to keep a record of that. So it will so, be strictly, you know, monitored? It will, and clubs have to, got to appoint a COVID-19 officer as well. Uh-huh. Um, and they've just had recent training from the IFA, a lot of them. So it's rolling out. Yeah. It's, it's evolving. And I'm literally talking day by day here. Yeah. It's evolving. And I don't want to um, put a dampener on things, but you know they're yeah. talking about a second wave. Second wave, yeah. Is there any contingency plan in place for, or is it just a case of just fingers crossed? You know, to be fair, it is. I mean, um, yeah, it's it's going to be um, interesting to see if the authorities can, you know, keep it all um, within uh, this, the standards, the, this R number, within as low as they possibly can. And, and that'll, that'll influence everything including when football starts up properly. Yeah. Let's, let's be truthful about it. it. It's dependent upon that, you know. Um, you know, the states, the US is now, you know, certain states over there are closing down again. Closing down again. So you've got to be cautious, proceed cautiously. Yeah. You know, and we'll do the same as a football league, acting under the guidance that we're giving. You know, we're in constant liaison with the RSFA. Uh, with, with, with that regard so you know but signs are really good you know and as a league we're we're preparing to play football again we're we're scheduling to try to get those cup competitions divisional cup competitions played as soon as we can uh, we're giving teams the opportunity to get their pre-season fitness levels up again my message is just just abide by the rules just sit tight check in every day and then you know um there's no, it does no harm for clubs to go ahead and organise provisional fixtures, friendly, good friendly fixtures. You know, yeah. the latest word just out today is it could be the end of August, early September that everyone's back at it. You gotta be sort of working to that timetable. You know, you had a AGM. I assume that's probably the main sort of talking point for their other. It was raised. It was raised, but uh, to be to be fair, um, to our clubs, they're they are incredible when it comes to um, you know. The faith they put into the committee and they know we'll do the right thing at the right time yeah so they do um the committee certainly talked through it uh boy boy did we you know after the agm we had a committee meeting and there was there was a plenty of conversation around that topic and many others you know we we did the formation of the divisions for the incoming season yeah uh so yeah we've taken on board new teams at all of the levels um far far intermediate um so we're freshing things up as best we can i mean the legs are now i think all of our divisions are very competitive the way they are uh, um but um yeah it's healthy and, and I, I, i'm hoping we've turned the corner early and you know 
think things were a little tough for a few years there. You know, um, let's, let's be honest. Uh, uh, we we find it hard, difficult to fathom why, for example, with the success of Northern Ireland there at the Euros and and you know Michael O'Neill's story, why we were losing one or two clubs a year. You know, we, we still haven't really worked that out, and maybe it is just the economic cycle. Then this year, as I say, we were literally, you know, a wave of uh, new new applicants came forward. So just the way it goes, it comes, comes and goes. Like somebody tell me why. Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> <laughs> swings and roundabouts. Yeah. So things are looking really up and positive. I have to say, you know, yeah. Once again, so you must have had a lot of other difficult um, topics to discuss. You know, what about suspensions and stuff like that? How 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 does that work? Carrying over. Um. Yeah. If you, you can imagine the Irish FA, they're they're a governing body and they look after all of those areas. You know, and they do delegate some authority to the regional associations, including Middlestern, um, to look after parts of the disciplinary process. Yeah. But ultimately, again, I'm sorry if I repeat myself, but we take all of our instructions from them in terms of suspensions and. The policies thereof, um, but you know, it's it's we, we all have to comply with FIFA and UEFA regulations. So that's the bottom line. Yeah. You know, all, all of the national associations have to, the FAI, the Welsh FA, Scottish FA, and the Irish FA. We um, so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. There's been um, some some. It's a hot topic. That's, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's a hot topic for a few clubs at the moment. So. Yeah, and an ongoing, an ongoing topic as well. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, um, it'll be yeah. for probably quite some time. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like I say, we're we're all, all governed by the same um, regulations, you know. So, um, our disciplinary code must um, uh, mirror the FIFA one, you know. So. Uh, with a little bit of scope for manoeuvring in terms of sanctions and that and you know how we deal with certain issues but most of it is um, specified in there you know um, the laws of the game are the same everywhere so yeah really uh, prepare to um, deal, deal with any situation um, but yeah I sit on the RCFA discipline committee and, and, and it's a very uh, interesting and um, I think you know um, so a very rich kind of a um, grinding you get with football you know you, you, you see everything from bottom to top and top to bottom you know uh, issues some some very minor ones and some, and some with very, major repercussions yeah you know? controversial controversial yeah um, discipline it's a dirty job but somebody's got to do it you know and I suppose there's always going to be somebody who's not happy is it? yes yeah. Yes, invariably, because you've got um, usually you know two participants, you know, um, yeah, depending on who's charged, you know, um, so it can it can be very interesting. I'm just gonna park it there. There's 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 a lot of sensitivity involved in discipline, yeah. as you can imagine. <laughs> and what about yourself in terms of staying in your position? Are you planning on the? You're you're not going anywhere. Well, you know what, I, I enjoy it, and um, you know, 
I really do get um, a, lot, a lot of a kick out of, you know, seeing things through um, on the football side of things, you know, and like I say, it's not just me. There's, 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 there's four other officers and there's maybe another, you know, 15 or, uh, or more um, committee members and they all work hard and they, and they all sort of, um, I think everyone rows in the same direction, you know, that's, that's the main thing. We won't get every decision um, immediately. There can be real tight arguments and counter arguments, you know, some of the bigger issues there, we have to thrash, thrash them out, literally, you know, and they can take, um, you know, people get emotional, football's an emotional sport, yeah. you know, uh, and people do get emotional at times and. But you know what I say? We're we're all um, heading aligned in the one direction, and that's good for a committee, I think. You know, um, so yeah, I'm happy enough to continue as long as my uh, fellow um, football family are, are happy with me. I I'm happy to do it. Um, there's no set term, and so uh, unlike the association, there I just completed my two years as the chair of the Middlestar FA. Uh, well, actually, two and a half the way it panned out, but and and I thoroughly enjoyed that privilege too. So, this is what to me was all about put put a wee bit back into the game, encourage the, the youngsters to come through and develop into good players. And is the young, are the young uh, teams is that thriving in Middlesbrough? We're seeing more and more, as I've said, community based teams where they now are beginning to see the fruits of their labour. With the academy um, and the underage development um, feeding into senior football, you know, and it's, it's no coincidence that the strongest clubs and in intermediate are also the ones that have that uh, structure underneath the them. Structure, yeah, it's yeah, no coincidence. Through. Yeah, yeah, that's on without doubt in my mind. That's that's proving the case, and it's it's just the model, and it's the IFA's sort of. Um, they, they've been at the forefront of that development, you know, the excellence models. And um, and a lot of our clubs are now um, progressing on and, and gaining accreditation to their schemes, you know, for the work that they've done. At, at, you know, not just underage, but, you know, tapping into the community, you know, bringing in, you know, women's football, bringing it to the fore. I mean, we've um, some really, really good, strong teams in the Middlestar area now. Ladies teams, you know, um, certainly um, on a par with any region there. Um, so it is all positive. I'm not just bigging this up. It's it's turning. I noticed this last year or two that it is turning and clubs are they're well switched on to what they need to do for success, you know. Um, it's tough times, you know, getting... Funding and grants is a tough game as well. What about well. referees? What way are you fixed with referees? You know, do you have that? Elaine, I, I personally have been sort of working quietly behind the scenes to develop stronger relationships with referees. It's a tough job. I, I mean, you're, you're, right no, you're usually nobody's friend. <laughs> the Mid-Ulster Referees Association and the Mid-Ulster Football League are the best of buddies now, I think. You know, um... The, pe- the people that um, stand in the middle of a pitch, um, I-, I just take my hat off to them, Saturday after Saturday. Um, you know, 
because as I said five minutes ago football is an emotional game and I don't care if you're a player or a coach or a manager or a chairman you're there in the moment and, yeah. you know and the poor guy in the middle is usually the subject of all of the um, <laughs> no matter what decision is made you know? somebody's not going to be happy no. and that's <laughs> no he's, he's thick skinned isn't a word it's um, but you know the, the, the guys that I know and respect that do that um, they love it they love being out there and you know, but it's um, the one job that if you make a mistake, you mm, boy, will you pay for it? Yeah, but listen, it's a lot more. I think it's getting a lot more slick and professional. You know the mechanisms that are there now for uh, competence, referee competence, um, and development. Yeah, I mean, it's getting there. It is, you know. And like I say, personally, I've been trying to build strong bridges and links, you know, with our, our referees because. The end of the day, we, we, we wouldn't have a successful league. We built up the numbers over the last two, three years. So we're almost oversubscribed in terms of Middlestar um, games and officials to cover them. And that's healthy. That's really good, you know. And how do you find the comment system now that it's been, everybody's using it now? Just, personally, I, I don't um, use it that often, but I'm, I'm hearing nothing but glowing reports about it. Uh, as a football it took some, some, of the, some of the leagues mm. have been slow to take to it and yeah, I yeah. know the Carmel League you know have had yes the, the have been uh, slow to take to the common system but yeah I it, think in Middlestar you've been using it for quite some time now yeah we have I mean this again driven by the RCFA you know and um, you know a good we sadly lost a, a real good friend and colleague um, this year who was Again, the driving force behind it, you know, Craig Stanfield, one of the yeah. uh, true gentlemen of our game. Um, you know, he, he really did see or foresee its benefit. And now it's a fully integrated system. Everyone's using it, you know, fixture scheduling, discipline, uh, you know, all the statistics are there, uploaded. And the referees, they're, they're um, it kind of makes a huge cog in, in the machine as well. It does. Their, their input every Saturday is, 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 is crucial, you know. So it's made the whole process much more uh, transparent. What players are registered, what players can therefore play, what, what um, disciplinary actions might have been taken. I mean, referees are so good, they're putting on goal scorers and, and all that. That's all captured. Yeah. The full archive of the match. It's just... Bringing everything up to date, really, and just yeah. getting it's in line with everything else. Superb database. And then those statistics are kept, I suppose, so that if there is any issues that come mm -hmm. up, they're, mm -hmm. you know, they're easier to check. They are. But I suppose it's not flawless either. Okay? Human input is just, yeah. you know, um, occasional mistakes can happen, but by and large, it's, been, especially at the start when it's yeah. been in the first few years of its you know, introduction, there's going to be. Yeah, I mean, it also relies, for example, on, on you know, teams being submitted prior to kickoffs and that there. And you, you know yourself, you could be in a, a fairly sort of rural pitch somewhere and the signal's not great. And so you have to and sort well of work that, with it, you know. The, the nature of, you know, local football like that, mm. that, a lot of teams are standing there waiting for their all the team to show up five minutes before the game and <laughs> they're putting down names they don't even know if they're going to be there they're yeah. jumping out of the car <laughs> well I don't know about that I think the manager would step in there and get them yeah <laughs> <laughs>
you know, the fact. Well, it's trying to professionalize everything. It is, it is. Um, you know, it's incredible bringing that down to, you know, amateur football. Um, we, um, we don't know how lucky we are, you know, um, nowadays. It's, it's, and it does, it does away with, you know, the opportunity, let's call it that, for someone to abuse and sort of bring in, bring in you know, we used to call them ringers in the old yeah. days, you know. <laughs> but you know what I mean, it's, yeah. it's clamping down on all of that. Um, fantastic facility, I love it. So, so you're looking forward to getting back? Yeah, um, fingers crossed, because everybody is missing it so much, you know, they're chomping at the bit, as I said earlier, back training and, um, you know. That's the thing, it, I mean, I think these uh, people have had such a time to reflect, you know, they mm, probably took their mm. football for granted maybe before, other players. And, could be, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and now, sitting at home, they probably really realise how much they actually miss Absolutely. a Saturday game. Yeah, it's the old saying, you don't miss it till it's gone, and, and it has been gone for three or four months, and, you know, um, but there's a buzz, uh, you know, there really is a buzz now, I can I can feel it starting to come back, and um, looking forward to the new season, yeah, very much so, and hopefully it's a... It's, it's a Completed. Yeah, <laughs> COVID-free season, it would be lovely, you know, please call, but... Uh, with, with Otherwise, this. we have the face of football, <laughs> might be changed forever. It might, it might, you know, but, uh, you know, everyone's been tremendous. Everyone's been yeah, extremely patient and extremely, um, I'm going to use it again, responsible. Yeah, and their approach. They're adapting now as, yeah. as things are coming um, online again. And, you know, the green shoots of recovery are definitely starting to show. Um, so fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay, thanks very much, Sean. So uh, you're very you. welcome, Elaine. Thank you for the opportunity. As I said earlier, I spoke to John Kennedy on Friday night. It was a rainy, wet, miserable night, but the crowds came out and it's great to see people back in the grounds again. Drummond T got a rather fortuitous goal early in the first half and they stayed in the front foot after that. They were the better side throughout and deserved their victory, but it was a close one. They were lucky to hang on for a win, which, which made the manager less enthralled by the performance than the result. Apart from that, they were due to play Kalevi next week, the latest club to have their doors relocked after a player tested positive for COVID-19. Um, this is quite a worry for a lot of the clubs around, but um, John is staying positive and hopes that everyone will stay safe and well and the games can continue. Anyway, let's hear from John now. Well, you must be delighted with that too. Two wins from two? Two wins from two, yes. Very good, Elaine. Um, performance wasn't great the night. We kicked a lot of ways, but we'll take the win anyway. Working work the, the shortcomings up front. Yeah, it was um, a miserable old night. Um, that goal at the start obviously helped a lot. I mean, there was only a point in it in the end, but um, you know, you, you, you kept your noses in front with that goal. Yeah, uh, the goal very... Very lucky goal, like it's one, a difficult one for the keeper. It's just bouncing in front of him, and somebody managed to get a, a, a touch that would take it anyway. But uh, disappointed in the performance, to be honest with you. We had lots of chances to make that game much easier for ourselves, and we just didn't take them. But so we'll go back and we'll work on that. But she said, but I mean, you must be happy with the um, you know having and two wins, especially last week's win. I win two wins, yeah. But if you just 
can't paper over what we did yeah, literally yeah, and it's yeah. two wins but it, we we could have easily been caught tonight in a game that we were I felt we were a much better side and we worked much harder than opposition we could have easily been caught at the last um, so yes we're happy with two wins but are we happy with the performance no we're not and what about um, having the crowd here tonight back having people back here was it the it was a, it's a miserable night, but um, it didn't stop people from coming out to, to the game, which must be pleasing. Yeah, listen, it's great. It's It's been a long time from lockdown started and people who are involved in GA and who have GA in their blood, blood are just waiting for this opportunity to back out and watch football again. It's a community-based organisation. We're a community-based, parish-based sport. and. Uh, that's what you play for. You're here to represent your parish. You need them out cheering you on. They're like an extra man on the sideline. Drummond, he always bring great support. We're a passionate club and we're glad to see everybody out. And thankfully, we get over the line, Elaine, so they'll, they'll maybe be able to have a, a glass of something tonight to enjoy it. <laughs> what about um, now? There might be a few a few worries, you know, given that Kalevi had to lock their doors um, the other day with a with a case a COVID case, and there's been a few clubs, but that was the first RMI club yep. to be hit. I know, um, you know, there's been a few clubs in down and um, yep. and that, but you know, are you are you concerned about this? Are you very yeah. vigilant in your? Well, 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 first of all, I'd like to wish all the Kalevi lads all the best, and hopefully, health's more important than anything. Probably, um, are we vigilant? Yes, or. Covid officer is very stringent here. Nan McCoy is our Covid officer and he is he follows every procedure. Are we worried about it? Yes, it's probably a concern, I would say, for every club. Um, but you take the measures that, that they've asked you to take and you be sensible with everything. And um, You can't do much more, Elaine. I think the way everybody's going to deal with this now is probably different than we did at the start. It looks like the GAA are going to push through and keep games going as much as they can. Um, it is worrying, but we are where we are and you just we're all in the one boat. Hopefully it stays away from our door and it doesn't come this way. Yeah, I suppose the good thing is, though, that the clubs that have had cases, they've just been one, you know, one person and uh-huh. it's cut, been caught straight away and they're dealing with it straight away. So, it, yeah. you know, that's a positive that, you know, it's not like it's running through the club and there's a lot of players, yeah. you know, ending up. Yeah, no, it is very positive and, and I think at this stage everybody's very vigilant with it and they're very aware of it and... Uh, it's just common sense if you have been in contact with anybody who you think might have been in contact with somebody else that has it yeah. even you know put your hand up and you go and get tested and, think and that's the what the players and, seem to be doing yeah, yeah. I think it is like, and I think we all have a responsibility to everybody actually that we do that like, and you know you just don't take any chances whatsoever but it is it is a concern but you know it's a concern it's for everybody and, do, yeah. and you have to balance it with getting on with your life as well and you know, sports very important for everybody's health and for mental health as well. And yeah. it's important that we find the right balance and we keep the procedures that are in place. Like there's two wet Friday nights in a row, we have been changing in dugouts. It's not nice, it's not pleasant, but that's how it is. And summertime in Ireland. Summertime in Ireland. <laughs> this is what you get. Yeah. What about the championship now? What are your um, thoughts on the championship? Um, uh, listen, we'll, we'll deal with the championship whenever that comes around. Without giving you a blase answer, we're not looking any further than. Kalevi are supposed to come here next week. I don't know whether it'll go ahead or not. Yeah. Um, we'll see. But um, we play Mahari. They're probably second favourites or third favourites yeah. to win it. And we are always about 33 to one shot. So you may as well give them the win now, Elaine. <laughs> yeah. Using the press, don't rate us at all. <laughs> no, that's not true now. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, Elaine. <laughs> all right, John. All right, Elaine. Thanks very much. Thanks a million. Okay. Sorry it was such a miserable night. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Eye on the Ball. If so, subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to get all your news from Arma Eye. 
and I hope you join me next week. Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 223. Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan.